Sorry, was I hot the whole time, Josh? Did you hear all the trade secrets taking place? <laughs> no, no, okay. you're good. Okay. Welcome back into the Plank Show. We're on the road at OU on a Monday. We were, uh, were blessed to be here on Labor Day and talk Sooner football with you. And your texts have been fantastic. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. And, and you can hit us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. 405-329-9000. Uh, Sooner Dougie writes, first off, uh, first off, T-Row mentioned the color with Bob and Teddy and Gabe but didn't mention Plank. I think instead of Sooner Football sideline reporter, when you lead off your show, you should say voice of the seven-time national championship OU softball team. I uh, I don't know if I would disagree with that. Uh, this last summer, he writes, had a family reunion, and one of my family members asked who's his favorite player across any sport. I didn't hesitate, and I said Jada Coleman. But after watching this game Saturday – I think there's not only offensive but defensive players for several years to come that are going to be fun to watch. Sooner teach me how to Dougie. Uh, from the 918, Jane Gibson looked great. Keep up the great work, young man. I would agree with that. And Gunny with the most important text of the day. It was great meeting you all Sunday, or Saturday. Mentally Sunday as well. <laughs> Seemed like it. Did you get to meet Gunny on Saturday? No, I didn't, and uh, I- I'm I'm very sad about that. I Gunny's one of my favorites, man. Such a big supporter of not just this show or this station, just really kind of everything OU. I got to meet Gunny. No, I didn't get to party with Gunny, but I got to meet Gunny, and it made my day. He, I mean, he kind of kicked off the party over at Boyd Street Ventures. Because as soon as Gunny showed up, Josh, that was when everyone else showed up. It was like Gunny came, and then it was just a flood of people. <laughs> Tyler McComas, he brought his posse. It was wild. It was a good time. So we'll see you there on Saturday. Okay, hold on. Math, 5 o'clock kick on Saturday, right? So two, so 1 o'clock for all the pregame coverage this weekend? Does that seem right? 1 o'clock, that's correct. All right. Uh, the top five stories of the day – Take a different spin on a Monday because as we welcome you into hour three of the Plank Show, it's time for the top five takeaways from a Sooner Saturday presented by Newcastle Casino. Here we go. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Oh, there's plenty of time. Plenty of time for stories later this week. These are our top five takeaways from Oklahoma, Arkansas State, presented by Newcastle Casino, newcastlecasino.com. In no particular order, big takeaway number five. Number five. Now, a lot of texts rolling in and talking about Jane Gibson. I am of the opinion that the receivers are going to be, in the words of Eric Cartman, fine, just fine. You had, in the end, what, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven 11 different guys catch passes. Josh, I thought Jaquez Petaway looked fantastic in how they're going to use him. Um, obviously, Stoops got dinged up, but it's not too severe. Gavin Freeman, G-Freaky, uh, talked about Anthony with Toby. 
Nick Anderson, Jane Gibson, Ellie Bunkley, Shelton. Uh, I, I kind of liked some of the – I think he got hurt, but the, the pass play to Cade McIntyre, like, oh, who's that? Who's that? So, what's that? Oh, easy. I am absolutely positively juiced by what Cade McIntyre could potentially provide this year. Now, I don't know. I'll, I'll know as a freshman if we're going to see a ton of them. But number five, the receiver, the receiver position, the pass catchers, no drops, right? And what was a big issue last night early in that LSU-Florida State game? Drops, made some competitive catches. I got to be honest, dude, pretty impressed with the receiving core. One of my big takeaways, I think the receivers are going to be just fine. Yeah, the uh, slot guys that you mentioned, Drake Stoops, Freeman, Jacquez Petaway, they had a, a terrific day. 17 grabs, a couple of touchdowns, what, uh, about 150 yards or 120-some-odd yards or so. So, yeah, the, the re- receiver group's great. Uh, it, it's in a good spot. Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, those two guys in particular, right, looking for leaps going into this season. And I think early on, signs are, yeah, they, they've made some leaps. Yeah, I agree. Agree. All right. Um, now, do you want to – Give your major takeaway here. Are you okay if I save that for number one? Let's save it. Okay, number four. Number four. You know, it's – you have guys like Teddy that played defensively for Oklahoma and understand Brent Venable's defense that can go through it if they want with a fine-tooth comb and let you know, all right, well, this was actually not how it was supposed to be and this needs to be played like this. And I think that's an incredible blessing that we have that – you know, Ted's on our station, and he shares that. So I'm just saying, without that knowledge of where there might have been a mistake in an assignment or a bust here or there, I'm really excited about the cheetah position. I mean, and maybe just in that, Josh, we pull back and say the secondary. Did Reggie Pearson have a bit of a bonehead penalty? Yeah, Yeah, he did. But he played a lot. And I felt like he was all over the place. Uh, Harrington looked great at the Cheetah. Looked great, at least from what I could tell. Uh, Deshaun McCollum, whenever he came in, drops back in coverage, makes a play on, was that a was that a tight end coming out, maybe even a running back? Makes a really nice play. You, uh, uh, Billy Bowman, was just Billy Bowman, right? He was consistent. Seeing Peyton Bowen out there. I guess that back end of the defense, specifically the Cheetah and the safeties, Josh, to me, I was really impressed with the OU secondary. And we didn't even mention the corners, that big hit that you see Gentry Williams come up and make. There was no hesitation on that little screen pass. He went out and just absolutely dropped the hammer. Uh, Solid takeaway, I think this secondary really looks like it's improved, and it seems like they're flying all over the place. I even liked uh, the one play down the sideline that wound up – I don't even know if it would get classified a PBU, but Woody Washington at the end of it is making sure there's a hit applied as the, the football's mm-hmm. not caught. So I, I thought he was physical on Saturday as well, and I'm with you. I mean, Reggie Pearson, it's like from the word go, the uh, 15-yard penalty, you're kind of like, all right, good. Okay, all I right. like it. <laughs> um, you bring up that Woody Washington play. That's a flag in years past. Right? Where they don't get their head around. One of the biggest complaints I think we see from Oklahoma Sooner football fans 
turn around, find the football, right? I'm guilty of it. I I yell the same thing. To me, to see would he find the football, go up and make a play, that's incredibly reassuring for the future of this defense. Knowing this weekend you're going to get challenged infinitely more than you were this weekend, right? SMU can sling the ball around. Rhett Lashley's offense is pass happy, and they're going to get the ball out quick, so you need good coverage. But to me, to go make that play and not get a P.I., I thought that was a big deal. So I'm, I'm glad you noticed it, too. Uh, all right, number three. Number three. Competitive depth was not just a rallying cry or a storyline. It's legit. This team appears to have pretty good competitive depth. You know, you, we talked about the total number of players. You look at the uh, player participation, it's wild to see how many guys played. But, you know, that depth along the defensive line and, you know, Marcus Stripling and Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes, guys who were starters last year and played a lot, um, they're out there in the fourth quarter of a blowout game. Nothing against them, but just, the, you know, earlier in the game, it was the Bothroids of the world and the Trace Fords and um, Adebuare, uh, was was in there late too, and we didn't even get a chance to see what R. Mason Thomas looks like because he's been dinged up a little bit. Uh, at the corner position, you didn't see guys come in late and suddenly you're getting a lot of P.I.s and a lot of mistakes. Offensive line seemed to hold up. I didn't get a dirty look from Gabe when I said that, but whenever they started going uh, deeper and you saw Caden Green come in and you had a chance to see Troy Everett relatively early, I just – you know, you hear things that are competitive death, rallying cries. You're like, is this legit? I felt as if, Josh, that was legit. This team truly has depth that they can count on, and I think that we're going to see uh, pretty consistently this season. Yeah, they uh, do appear to be a deeper football team across the board, and I think a more talented deeper football team across the board but of course uh time's going to continue to tell on that front early returns very very positive agreed agreed um big takeaway number two number two like we said no particular order here and most of the hand-wringing over the running back depth chart i think will be just that hand-wringing but man every single guy that touched that football at the running back position this weekend looked capable of being that dude. Uh, I thought I thought Javante Barnes, and again, I don't know what the situation was. I don't know how much practice he missed. According to some of the reports out there, it was fairly significant, and it was also related to, you know, time getting back to the spring, uh, getting back from the spring ball injury. But he, he looked like a number one, man. When he, run, when he runs the football, it just, it feels different. And, uh, he had 13 carries for 49 yards. I think he had the longest run of the game. He had a 16-yard game. Uh, only averaged 3.8 yards per carry. The leader in yards per carry was actually Jackson Arnold um, and, and Dylan Gabriel. But at 5.3 yards per carry, Ty, Ty Wee Walker looked really good. But I, I know there weren't massive numbers, but to me, I, I feel like Devontae Barnes showed, okay, as this season progresses, I feel like he's going to elevate himself as that dude. But in the meantime, I've got I've got zero problem with any of the let's see how many guys carry the ball at the running back position. Barnes, Walker, Major, Smothers, and Hicks. 
any of those five guys, Josh, no issues right now. And Sawchuck, whenever he gets healthy, too. Right. You, you didn't even get a look at Sawchuck, who, oh, by the way, went for a, a Bill Plus in yeah. the uh, in the bowl game. So, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're in good shape there. And I'm with you, Javante Barnes. I mean, the fact that he got 13 carries is, we'll see, but feels like it was an indication that he might be this team's leading leading back. Maybe so. He looked good. He looked good. Uh, which gets us to big takeaway number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Now, um, you have said you have one major takeaway, and you've held on to it until number one. So I would like to hear at 11.16 a.m. Central Standard Time, God's time zone, big takeaway number one from Saturday for one Josh Helmer. And there's a lot, right, to take out of this opener. But if you're asking me, hey, hot take one thing from this opening game, right? And generally speaking, I don't don't try to be in the business of hot takes. But here we are. Let's serve up one. I think Andrew Anthony is a leading receiver on this Oklahoma football Mm. team. And I think we saw – I think we saw signs of that. The the immediate shot right out of the gates, downfield. I think that there's a trust. I think there's a rapport that's been built between Gabriel and Anthony. And uh, I don't think it's smoke, what we heard out of camp. I think he's going to lead this team in receiving. Yeah, that's a really good point where we say it a lot. So many times you'll hear things out of camp and they don't materialize and you kind of sour on some of these notes and these team-sourced where it's like, oh, so-and-so's looking great, and then you never see him, right? Or this guy's had a great camp, and it just doesn't materialize. But in the case of at least Andrew Anthony, right, whenever you saw him out there and you saw how smooth the connection was between he and Gabriel, and, I mean, he only had, what, three catches, but three catches, 66 yards, I mean, it, it looks smooth, man. I agree with you 100%. My big takeaway, number one, um, I'm in the trap, and I'm going to excuse myself from the show to go look in the mirror and talk to myself about getting out of this trap. But, Josh, I mean, come on. How could you not watch what Jackson Arnold did in that game when he came in in the second half and not get absolutely over-the-top crazy hype about what this kid can be? Long way to go. Give me all your disclaimers now. It's Arkansas State, second half, they were already beaten. I agree. And this is by no means a knock on Dylan Gabriel because he looked incredible. <laughs> but, dude, I mean, you want to talk about somebody. You know when you go to – you know when you hear rave reviews about a movie? Right. And everyone, everyone tells you how great this movie is going to be. And you go watch the movie and you're like, well, this sucks. <laughs> Right? They ruined it for me. They built it up. It was they never going to be terrible. as good as they said it was. Uh, I feel like that this is a uh, this is a movie that I'm pretty happy with right now. I'm really happy. All the all the positive reviews, Josh, thumbs up so far. I'm not saying he needs to start. I'm not saying put him in right now. I'm just saying, boy, there's some depth there this year. Kind of echoing what Toby said. There's some depth there this year. That makes me feel a lot better about things. How about this? Before you get out of here, mm-hmm. the uh, 405 on the text line, that's the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Hot take positive, no drop-off from QB1 to QB2. What do you think about that? 
Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, hot take negative from that same 405? No sacks. <laughs> that is a popular hot take negative. I like him or her. Sir or ma'am, you need to give yourself a name. I feel like every Monday, the 405, I want the hot take positive and the hot take net negative because it can help launch the show on a Tuesday, Josh, and it can also set up our Thursday worries for us as well, right? Absolutely. I'm, I'm here for it. One other negative. Camo Sooner writes, Chris, did you almost take a spill Saturday or was I hearing things on the radio? <laughs> oh, no. Bro, when I did my second update in the third quarter, now they're always – they've got a marketing crew down there now. Uh, at least they did in the first half. In the first half, there were two dudes down there, and they were coordinating the cheerleaders, and they had everyone ready, and I was right in the middle, and we were ready to go. I don't know if that same crew was on a break. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but they weren't there. And we're all kind of waiting around because – Either I, I think Oklahoma had scored. So when they score, it's like, da, 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 da. and so you're waiting and you're waiting. And I'm kind of waiting. And then all of a sudden, the guys up in the booth, I hear, all right, go, go, go. You're, you're on it. You're on now. You're on now. And I'm literally just standing on the side. So I go to like run out to the spot where I'm supposed to go. And somebody is standing on the cord, Josh, that is hooked to my belt. Oh, man. And on, I don't know. No offense. And I know this, this guy works here. I won't say any names. But it's like the one job I feel like he has during the football game is to make sure that the headset stuff is taken care of. You failed me. What are you doing back there? As I go to run out, he's standing on the cord, and literally it almost pulls me down. I mean, this man must have the foot of, I don't know, Goliath (laughs) or something. It's a strong man. And I capture myself just in time to stumble back, and like two cheerleaders happen to catch what's going on and come running up behind me just in time. So, it was, it was concerning. But thanks for noticing, Camo Sooner. Did that give you a nice little uh, panic adrenaline rush in the Bro, moment? I was in fight or flight. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's going on, everybody? And I looked up, and I could see on the big screen, it was the worst shot possible of me, which was like the full frontal shot without the cheerleaders to block it. So, literally, there's me, sweaty shirt, uh, T-shirt untucked. Looked <laughs> terrible. I'm surprised Joe C didn't come down and fire me on the spot. But yeah, it was. It's uh, been a fun time. ride, but uh, I regret to inform you it's over. Uh, it's one heck of a ride. As your scoreboard update guy, 11 years, one game, just got fired. Either that, or I do fall and I drop a bomb, knowing my luck. And as soon as they bring up the the sound, I'm just yelling it over the PA. Uh, thank you for noticing Camo sooner. All right, we got a break. When we come back, Josh, there are a ton of great texts on the prep page. Uh, we've got Billy Bowman and Ted Roof and Marcus Major. Plus, uh, we'll get you ready for a big week of reaction and a big day of it. Steel Man and Thune coming up next. I'm off to interview Miguel Chavis and uh, Jeff Levy. This is the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. All right, back with you. It's the Plank Show. Home of Sooner Fans. Sooners win it. No surprise there, but dominance. Complete and utter dominance for Oklahoma in its season opener. 73 to nothing was the final tally. The Sooners all over Arkansas State. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby, who we welcome in. Connor, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. 
you know, it was great. Football is back, full swing, which uh, just just warms the uh, just warms the heart. What uh, what did you make? Uh, Oklahoma seventy three to nothing. Couple things that uh, stood out for you before we start rifling through some texts and rifling through some post game audio. Yeah, I mean dominant performance. The one thing that uh, stood out at the top for me is uh, the offensive line. I mean, you rush for over two hundred yards, and uh, nobody gets to the quarterback. So I thought they were very solid. Uh, up front and shutouts are always nice so great performance defensively after the game during the our post game show the only negative that we did get from the Mar Chevrolet text line was uh the pass rush which i mean no sacks but the off, the offense for Arkansas State i mean they get the ball out very quickly 2 to 3 seconds so i thought the pass rush was fine it's always hard to get sacks when the offense works the way Arkansas State did Saturday but overall uh, as you expected for Oklahoma to come out, a uh, great showing against a not very good Arkansas State team Saturday. The the run game, I think uh, folks would like some more chunk yardage plays there. Uh, you know, like you said, I mean, the protection, the pocket, Dylan Gabriel, what you would expect. Jackson very efficient. Arnold, what you would expect. Those two guys, it was uh, Oklahoma records the completion percentage that uh, Oklahoma had in this football game. So it was, again, historic on that front where uh, the Sooners completed 30 of 33 pass attempts to set a school record for completion percentage. Amazing. And the birthday boy, a perfect 11 for yep. 11 in his collegiate debut. Just uh, crazy in that in that front. But, hey, those guys, they could sit back there. They could do their taxes distribute the football, identify uh, where to where to place it, and they were very, very accurate in doing so, and yet probably, right, a little bit more in the chunk variety for Barnes, for Major, for uh, Tommy Walker, for Smothers, for Hicks. Uh, folks would like that out of the run game, but generally speaking, yeah, I mean, if asking for a grade in week one for the offensive line, solid B+, I think. Yeah, B, yeah, B plus, A-. minus. I just thought they were uh, very good as as a group. But uh, Oklahoma did what Oklahoma was supposed to do versus Arkansas State. They they came out and they dominated an inferior opponent. Uh, by the way, Hour 3 here is brought to us by Moppin' Roofing. They got us covered, Oklahoma, locally owned and operated, fully insured, licensed, and bonded Moppin' Roofing, serving all of Oklahoma. They've been in business for over 35 years, 405-703-3843. So... My my hot take, if I have to have a hot take, I think Andrew Anthony is going to be the leading receiver on this team based on uh, the way the game started and just uh, bits and pieces that I think we saw offensively from Oklahoma. If there's one hot take, I force you into a corner. You have to say something that, okay, could be proven to be totally accurate. Hey, he nailed it right out of the park. Or could be proven as, okay, that uh, – that was Connor Pasby swinging and totally missing after week one, which is what we do, right? We hot take this thing a little bit. What's what's something for you from this game that you're like, I think I learned that from this game? Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I know there was a lot of talk with Gavin Freeman coming in, but I didn't think he would make that big of an impact in that first game. So hot take for me is uh, Gavin Freeman's going to be your wide receiver one or two, and he's going to do a lot of things in this Oklahoma offense this season. Big punt return touchdown, baby. Pretty that was that was very very awesome to see for Gavin. I think you'll you may see a few more of those this season. Yeah, well, 
it would be uh, it'd be nice to uh, see a little bit of a change there because what that was the eighty-one yard punt return, eight, uh, eighty-two. Sorry to shortchange you there, Freeman. Eighty-two yard punt return touchdown. After, of course, forcing the three and out, it was OU's first punt return touchdown since uh, D.D. Westbrook's 71-yarder versus Kansas in 2016. Also the uh, longest since uh, Jalen Saunders' 92-yarder in 2013 versus Iowa State. And the second longest all-time punt return in a season opener, only Antonio Perkins' 91-yarder versus Tulsa in uh, 2002 was uh, longer. So, man, just nice to see Oklahoma do something in the special teams department. Well, and that's what we t- we talked about these last few years, something that has been missing, uh, scoring points on special teams. Uh, punt returns, kick returns, but you saw it on Saturday, a uh, punt return to it for a touchdown for Gavin. Slot receivers in general for Oklahoma were awesome. 17 grabs from that uh, group on the depth chart that would be – Drake Stoops would be Jacquez Petaway and would be Freeman. 17 grabs. I'm just going to say a buck 30 in the receiving department and a couple of tugs, not to mention uh, the other punt return touchdown for Gavin Freeman. So if you're hot taking the thing, then uh, that group's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, you had a bunch of receivers get involved. I liked how in the second half uh, you started to see a lot from Nick Anderson and uh, Jaden Gibson, which it's really nice for Jaden Gibson to come up with that big grab off the deflection in the end zone for a touchdown. Yeah, those two guys that came in as the big blue chippers as freshmen a season ago, I was kind of uh, floored earlier today looking at that Jaden Gibson had just the one grab for 12 yards. I mean, he played a good bit early last season and uh, had opportunities, but uh, obviously just had the one grab for 12 yards a season ago. He clearly, and and Nick Anderson too, we know that health was a part of the problem a season ago, but those two guys, I think we can feel pretty safe in saying, yes, Jaden Gibson, Nick Anderson, they are taking sophomore leaps in 2023. And there are two big wide receivers that you want on the outside to cause so many mismatches at 6'4". Uh, and 6'5", and they're very big and uh, have a lot of length to them. Defensively, what uh, caught your attention there? I, I know the pass rush, but the pass rush aside, anybody uh, impress you defensively? Uh, I thought Justin Harrington had a nice game Saturday, and just the secondary in general, very fast uh, getting to the football and very nice uh, linebacker play as well. Jaron Kinnick, we saw a he's bunch fast. on Saturday. Yeah, much much faster. And uh, man, you can tell he's hit he's hit the weight room too over the off season. So yeah, very good performances from them. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be good at backer. It looks yeah. like. So it's fun, right? Seventy three to nothing victory. What you were looking for? A couple off the text line before we hit a to from the nine one eight. This is uh, I believe about Andrew Anthony. Can't be the leading receiver if he's going to get tackled by the defensive back. Every single time. Well, that that is true. There were some DPIs that uh, no, there was, our man yeah. Anthony was drawing out there. <laughs> but that's, hey, that's a positive little change yeah. for this offense. Yeah, you can tell he's going to be a deep ball threat. Just seeing uh, there was a bunch of times where he did get uh, behind the, the defenders and behind the secondary. What did uh, the coaching staff think about this season opening win plus uh, all of your texts? Yes, five-star Randy, I see you. 
it is uh, it is an always overreaction. Monday, he uh, he writes also on the text line here, it's nice to overreact in a positive way. Let's see how it goes against a good SMU team, and then we can justifiably overreact. Or at least a little bit more justifiably overreact if Oklahoma goes out and uh, thumps SMU this uh, coming weekend. That would be nice to reinforce some of what we think we learned from uh, this 73 to nothing route over Arkansas State. But what does uh, what were Brent Venable's opening thoughts? Ted Roof, we can hear from uh, the def- defensive coordinator for the Sooners, and we've got some Billy Bowman audio as well, plus all of your text. Before we head on out the door, 73 to nothing, Oklahoma, what we wanted to see in large part, we saw in the opener for the Sooners. This is the Plank Show. I'm Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. couple more segments to go for us as we hit the Home half, the bottom half of the hour right here. It's the home of Sooner fans. Back with you after this. Back with you. It's the Plank Show. Well, count me in the camp that was not buying it, okay? And count me in the camp that might have not written a hit piece or two, but look, I wasn't all in on Deion Sanders in Colorado in year one. I thought uh, maybe a little too radical the – roster overhaul and yet Deion Sanders man dance on those graves he was uh he was Deion prime time after they went in and uh well shocked America or at least shocked TCU what's up boss you believe now you you hold on hold on hold on oh no do you believe that huh oh no 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 I read through that bull junk you wrote that I read through that I sifted through all that yeah oh no come on there you go. So, hey, and uh, it's – I'm seeing here that Deion Sanders, he's making the rounds this morning on what first take and undisputed, you name it. He uh, was with McAfee. I mean, it's like he's all over the place. And you know what? Cash in. You go beat TCU when you're a three-touchdown underdog, and you always be closing. So when you're the talk of the town – Absolutely. Go take advantage of it. And hats off to Dion and company. I thought they were at least a year, maybe two years away. And we'll see. We'll see if they're actually good, right? Or if TCU's just really, really bad. Yeah, that's what, well, yeah just what we got from 918. Let the season play out. TCU is not good. But over, I just thought it was really impressive what Dion and uh, Colorado showed on Saturday. That offense could not be stopped. From the 405. Dear God, please don't talk all week about Colorado. It was one game against a rebuilding TCU football team. Yeah, and time's going to tell on that front. And look, Dion's polarizing because he's out there bringing the race card up and uh, going after reporters. But, hey, hats off to him. You go go win the football game, then you get to talk your talk. And uh, he's nothing if not different and, I think, exciting for college football. The, the Big 12 as a whole, though, you know, beyond Oklahoma, Oklahoma looked great. UCF looked really good. Baylor losing. TCU, of course, right here losing. Texas Tech losing. Houston not looking all that impressive. BYU beating Sam Houston 14-7. to Struggled, yeah. So as we cycle this thing back around to Oklahoma, again, what we thought about this schedule for OU – and it's it's one week, and with Colorado, TCU, uh, Baylor, Texas Tech, Houston, BYU, Oklahoma, everybody, right? 
a grain of salt with all of the far-reaching takeaways that you can have out of one week of college football. Right now, we can only go off what we've seen. And what we've seen is that Oklahoma did exactly what they were supposed to do. They appear to be improved, but okay, time will tell on that. And the Big 12 looks worse than maybe even we expected. It was a very shaky week for the Big 12. Now the season just got a lot better for Oklahoma, just seeing the performances by, oh, man, the other Big 12 teams. A lot of them were struggling. We didn't talk about Texas, but, I mean, they struggled with Rice in that first half, then they started to get it going in the second half with Quinn Ewers. But not, not very good for the Big 12 conference. No, and, again, it's, it's week one, and everything will get prefaced with that. Teams will get better, and – I don't know, teams might get worse or just not be as good as, uh, as they looked. And yet, the, the path here for Oklahoma in year two to immediately make amends over a 6-7 and seven football season and to go win double-figure games and to go win this conference on the way out the door, it's there. The schedule's there. The improvement one weekend looks like it's there for Oklahoma. So on that front... I mean, Oklahoma's a winner in the sense that this league might be worse than we thought it was, Connor. The path might be easier than we thought it was. Yeah, we, we expected the Big 12 to be a little down, but some of those games I did not expect. Texas Tech, oh, you can't lose at Wyoming. That did not look, look good. That was kind of a surprising team uh, coming in that I thought could surprise people, Texas Tech, and they did not put on a good performance at all. A little Brent Venables after his team, well, skunks Arkansas State and looks great. His initial thoughts on the performance sounded like this. Uh, again, obviously we scored on our first 11 possessions and, uh, you know, both sides of the ball, you know, really complemented each other well. And, you know, Gavin doing a great job um, with his uh, return and the longest return that we've had, I think, in seven years. And uh, I saw, like, the hunger and the edge and the toughness that we played with in, in all three uh, phases. And uh, Zach was great in his kickoffs and placement. And uh, the one time Josh Plastener had a, a punt, you know, smashed it coming out of the, you know, the, the end zone there for 50 yards. So really um, thrilled with uh, the efficiency that we played with, I think, we had five drives that were 10-plus plays. And so being able to, uh, you know, move the ball if we need to create, you know, I think we had 10-plus explosive plays. And, you know, we can do that out there today anyway and, and uh, rush the ball for some tough yards when we chose to do that. Really liked how the backs, I know that we didn't have this amazing rushing total, but I really liked our pad lean and loved how our guys blocked up front. And uh, we had one three and out on offense, four six on defense. And for the most part, we were in really good position. Um, got out of hand. And, um, you know, uh, so I think, uh, you know, our guys came in out of uh, halftime, you know, really pleased with uh, just played a lot of guys. I think we played 87 players uh, in the game. So. The standard doesn't change, you know. I know that sometimes that's coach speak, but you know that's that's when you walk in here feeling pretty good. Um, again, uh, being one and zero, uh, and how we did it, and so that that matters too. But we had ten players that 
I think seven on uh, defense and three on offense that started their first game at Oklahoma. And so um, proud of those guys. First career touchdowns. You know, for Tall Wee Walker, Jaden Gibson, Jackson uh, Arnold, and Caleb Hicks. I think uh, Dylan and Jackson combined were 30 of 33. So those guys did a, a great job. Can I Walker got in there and got his first strip. You know, Jay teaches that every day. You know, sometimes your fundamentals show up and sometimes they don't, but that was good to, to see that in our largest margin, you know, a victory uh, in an opener 106 years. So, yeah, not bad. <laughs> largest uh, margin of victory in 106 years. Not, not too shabby at all. The uh, opening thoughts there from Brent Venables after, again, uh, Oklahoma takes care of its business. That's all they can do is play the schedule that uh, is right there in front of it. And right now, all we know is that they uh, they smacked the Red Wolves around. The text messages to bring us home next. Josh and Connor wrapping up the Plank Show right after this. Final time for us this morning. Oklahoma 73, Arkansas State. Zip, zero, nada. Sooners want to know. They will uh, welcome in SMU in uh, week two coming up uh, this this uh, upcoming Saturday night. It was Uncle Territory. The 405 asks, did Uncle nail his prediction? Uh, I- I'm not sure. I, I would imagine uh, we might have missed a touchdown or two. But uh, believe it or not, it was within Uncle Territory. It was it was close, Connor. I think it was, I'm trying to go back to remember what I think it was 89. I think Uncle had. There was a safety in there. Safety in there, yeah. Yeah, there was a safety at some point. They didn't get the safety, so I know that they – Very, uh, very close. They missed out on that, but uh, Uncle was – he was in the ballpark. He was in the neighborhood. Cody asks us on the text line, uh, Kenipa Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Do you guys feel like the tempo will bite us? Against a good team, we could, we would, or could have went three and out with twenty seconds off the clock. I mean, yeah, probably at some point it's going to because Oklahoma is going to continue to do it. I thought, and it's Arkansas State, it's Arkansas State, it's Arkansas State. I thought Oklahoma looked more comfortable and prepared running tempo in this game uh, versus the Red Wolves. It was hot, which uh, you know that that makes it not maybe as fun to be running tempo and yet I thought Oklahoma did a really really good job Connor with the the way that they executed tempo in this game so yeah they're going to continue to run tempo and in a season where there's a lot of discussion about okay the clock is uh, not going to stop after first downs outside of uh, obviously a couple of end of half situations Oklahoma is going to try to make up the difference right by running tempo and I thought they did a really, really good job with it. Dylan Gabriel, I thought, was in better command of uh, all of that. Oklahoma, in general, just understood what they were doing. Yeah, the guys were lined up quickly, and they were working uh, really, really fast. And I don't think it bites you in the butt unless you do have some of those three and outs. But that was not the case for OU uh, last week. They kept converting uh, on second down, kept converting some first downs. They had, what, over 36 first downs on Saturday, which is really, really impressive. From the 918, to me it looks like a three-team race in the Big 12, those uh, three being OU, Kansas State, Texas. It, it's still really early, but it does feel like that's the case. Those are your uh, three best teams, just taking that from uh, Saturday. UCF, uh, some people were impressed. You going to toss them in there? 
Yeah, I mean, we still we still got to wait for UCF, but it was an impressive win. They actually were not one of the Big 12 teams that had a close game Saturday or struggled against their opponent. The 405, did Austin Stogner play no carries or receptions? He did play. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can try and find a snap count for that, you. That, that, that was kind of odd to me Saturday that we didn't really see Austin Stogner get involved. We saw more of uh, Blake Smith with a few catches Blake, on Saturday. Blake Smith had that, uh, what, 28-yard 28, 28 reception. Yeah, yeah 24. He also had McIntyre, too. McIntyre with a, a catch and a long run. A uh, Some yak. Some yak there for Blake Smith. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was nice to see. I mean, look, uh, Stogner's going to be heavily involved before it's all said and done. It uh, was nice to see Blake Smith show us that he could be more than just a blocker. In, uh, in the open. I thought that was a positive, sneaky positive for Oklahoma in this one. Probably flew under the radar to uh, a bunch out there. One final text, 715. I thought Dylan Gabriel looked way better with the long ball. He was sharp. He was sharp. Hey, uh, speaking of sharp, the Steelman and Thune at Noon show always, always razor sharp. That's it for us. Until tomorrow, so long, everybody. <laughs>